0: Life is a piece of cake we players defined by our mistakes So happy birthday Hooray! Blow the candles out and Start another year Here's what, what you, you don't, don't do. do Don't do Levels are good Start whenever you want. (laughs) Thank you, Rob. Thanks. He's just visualizing all the shit he has to trim at the front of this.
1: I mean, Uh, leave it in. Progress, not perfection. (laughs) See? (laughs) I'm just going to randomly uh, pepper uh, different little recovery taglines in here over the course of our... (laughs) Good.
0: (laughs) Do it, because I don't know any of them.
1: (laughs) Uh, ODAT. One day at a time.
0: I like that. I like preface, I like shortening it as ODAT because it sounds um, it sounds like Odot, which is the Oregon Department of Transportation.
1: Oh, sure, and that makes you feel really at ho- like one at department home. at a time. <laughs> one, one department, department at a transportation. transportation. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Good. All for one, and one for transportation
1: everyone for transportation everyone on, for transportation let's get on board. it's very important well it's good to see you
0: you too <laughs> hi everyone welcome to here's what you don't do the podcast where we look back and reflect on our mistakes or failures or general fuck ups and whoopsies and oopsies and e i'd do that <laughs> different this time around um uh-huh. I'm your host, I'm Sam Demboski, and uh, we've got Grace with us today. Hi, Grace. Hello. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank thank you for coming on and sharing. Before we get started, Mm -hmm. we're going to do a little, everyone listening, uh, check in with yourself, take a moment, think about what you're doing right now. (laughs) ask yourself, is it a good idea? (laughs) Are you a turkey looking up in the rain? Don't, you'll drown. Are you standing on the edge of a dumpster going to literally dumpster dive? Don't, it's not deep enough.
1: Are you... An untrained circus professional. An untrained circus professional. Trying to do tricks on the back of an angry horse.
0: Yeah. Pick a nice horse, man. What are you doing? First off, why do you have headphones on? You need to be aware of your surroundings. Maybe that's why you can't tell the horse is angry. Be aware. Constant vigilance. Be aware. Back V. Back, back V
1: yeah sexy sexy <laughs> there's a good place to start yeah uh
0: grace is on today uh and she's going to talk about uh addiction and mm-hmm. rehab oh, and yeah. what that is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah should i just should go, I go yeah you can go ahead and <laughs> All right, jump cool. into your
1: story whenever you want uh yeah so uh i grew up in santa fe new mexico and uh Uh, I was always uh, an angsty little kid in terms of uh, just generally having undiagnosed ADHD and just terrible depression and anxiety Um, (laughs) and always really wanted to be uh, uh, on top of my shit and uh, was generally a rule follower. Um, But then I, I found out that weed made me not feel like so freaked out all the fucking time. Um, and then uh, eventually, over time, oh so many so many points in this story are like boy, like uh like boys suck, <laughs> I just don't <laughs> like don't ever do anything for a boy, like
0: that's not for a boy with a boy around a boy, yeah, with an earshot of a boy, <laughs> Rob's making a frowny face, everyone except um, you.
1: He <laughs> not all boys. (laughs) I want everyone to know I was smiling. (laughs) I can only see him out of my peripheral vision. So I can't confirm or deny. Um, I I trust him in any case. I, I somehow it was, uh, Oh, there wasn't a lot going on. So there was a lot of car culture sort of in our friend group, just sitting around in cars and smoking pot. Yeah. Santa Fe's mostly old white people and service industry. So there you go. And, uh, then eventually tried Coke and it wasn't like a revelatory thing. I was like, woo, but, uh, you know, I don't know. People will tell you it feels good. And then it doesn't after 15 minutes. And that's the whole thing. That's yeah. the whole trick. Um, it's so how they, it's how they get, that's you. how they get you. It's like with Apple products. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they just replace them every six months.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, how old were you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool that's important. Um, I was 17 when I first did that. Um, and then 17 was a really hard year for me. Um, I had some tragedy happen and was just generally getting more and more bummed out and feeling less and less capable in school, but was going to a really intense school and there's a lot of expectations. And, um, I was like, good at school but not like a good student and so the disconnect was uncomfortable for me and I always wanted to make my parents happy and stuff like that and somehow I got it in my head that uh uh like doing coke was helpful for schoolwork but it's not um cuz <clears throat> really if you have ADD and then you do coke it's not just like like an upper yeah yeah you're just like awake more um but like that doesn't stop the terrors from flooding in yeah and yeah anyway so but sort of started messing around with that and the funny thing about all of this is that uh my family like i didn't at no point could i afford cocaine like at no point was that like an easy option or something that would have been like supported by, um, like my parents weren't well off. So it was ultra stupid. And, and I think one of the things that I regret the most out of the whole, actually the thing that I regret the most out of the entire thing, um, is having, you know, eventually stolen from my parents. And that, that's something that I'll always, you know, feel bad about. Um, Luckily, I've lost awesome parents and they've been able to forgive me. So I was doing that and messing around and shit was getting weird. Um, so by this time, it was first semester of my senior year of high school and um, stuff wasn't great. And I started living with my father because my mom was much more on top of her shit in terms of like knowing what was going on with me. Yeah. And my, my dad, um, has, um, dealt with mental illness for a really long time. Um, and, uh, had a lot of quirks, um, kind of around and about the house, including, um, Sleeping at really random times of the day for random amounts of times. Um, yeah. And that was something that I had been used to since I was little of just like, oh, yeah, you know, five hour naps, whatever. Um, it's the only nap I know how to take. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only no- nap I mostly all the time accidentally take.
0: Yeah. You're that like, is, this is going to be a tight 20. And then four hours later, you're like, oh, there goes my life.
1: Yeah. Oh, man sad. It doesn't feel good. Um, okay. But yeah. Uh, so the whole thing was that obviously my mom was like, no, you can't go out at random hours. My mom always had the thing of, um, nothing good happens after midnight, you know, like, you know, like curfews at midnight. Why will you want to be out? Nothing good happens. Which I was like, yeah, but my friends and it's like, yeah, but, uh, when you're one, Ooh, okay. Ooh. Okay, so when I was preparing for this, I was thinking about replacing people's names. So here's the first one. Um, Mark uh, was a guy that I uh, was, oh, I made up the name, but yeah, uh, he was a guy who I was friends with, but he was a trust fund kid who his parents had kind of um, like didn't care
0: they just left him to super. Yeah, himself. so he
1: yeah, so he had like, you know, dropped out of high school and was an alcoholic and he was really great. I love him as a friend and I still love him today, but uh he had a lot of stuff going on, but also somewhat disposable income. And uh this other guy I don't care if to make up a fake name for him. So I'm just going to say it. His last name was Babbitt and we called him Babbitt. So it was one of those, one of those people where it's like party kid, like the last name. Yeah. Um, and he was so fucking crazy and creepy and weird, but also trust fund kid. And those guys ended up moving into this like little shit apartment together in this like little compound. And it was like, uh, any disgusting apartment that you could imagine, like nightmare apartment. Um, so super gross. Um, and that's where I was hanging out like most nights. Um, and what that included was uh, doing a lot of blow and chain smoking indoors <laughs> with like multiple people. Yeah. Um And anymore, like, I can't be inside a place where people are smoking indoors for any amount of time because it's just, like, super gross. But um, Yeah, I don't know the last
0: time I was inside a place where someone was smoking.
1: Mm -hmm. The only time I ever do wish that I could smoke cigarettes indoors is, like, every once in a while – if I happen to have sex, <laughs> you just want that moment to uh, the, lighten
0: up afterwards. There's
1: something about it.
0: I don't know. It's so cliche, but it's there's like the, something about the it. Period on the end of the sentence.
1: Sure. Oh, well, I just had a thought. I mean, no, never mind. No, uh, oh, what was it? Well, then you was, announced it, that you have it. Well, then that it always, say? I know, I know. now I do that. Uh, whenever you do Coke, the best thing, it, it, you're like, yeah, I'm alive. And then and then like smoke a bunch of cigarettes in a row. Um, so it's the same sort of thing with like endorphins or serotonin or whatever. Like mm-hmm. if you fuck and then you're like, oh, I'm alive. want to smoke a bunch of cigarettes. So uh, speaking of which, I was smoking like half a pack of Marl 27s a day. I always mm-hmm. smoked Marlboros. When I yeah. smoked, is mm-hmm.
0: it? It seemed silly to do something that was actively killing you and not really feel it. And those ones mm-hmm. are so harsh. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm I'm earning the right to make terrible decisions by feeling it the whole
1: time. Yeah, I I always just I always just copied my cigarette choices off of my older friends. <laughs> um. So nightmare apartment. Um. Oh my god, I would do so much coke and hang out with these people for so long. Um, and we would play wee bowling, (laughs) but I had figured out that you could get like a greater degree of accuracy on wee bowling. If you didn't do the whole like pull back and like go forward. But if you kind of just like jerked your (laughs) jerked your arm real hard. Mm -hmm. So I, I like gave myself like shoulder. I like fucked up my shoulder from like, (laughs) doing too much coked out wee bowling, which is so sad. How did you get injured? I don't want to talk. Yeah. So Uh, that's not
0: sad. I did that over Christmas (laughs) while I was playing wee tennis with my dad. And it had been so many years and I got so into it Uh that I woke up the next day and I was like, Jesus, what happened to my arm? It was like, you just like wee tennis too much, (laughs) but you beat him. That's what's important.
1: Oh man, I'm really happy that you beat him. <laughs> At least maybe it was worth it, worth the injury. Yes.
0: <laughs> the ability to run around their house screaming afterward. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be real nice about it. I didn't want to show off too much. That's
1: really generous.
0: <laughs> you know, I just want to give back to them after everything they've done
1: for me. No, I know. Yeah. That's a... Uh... That's how I feel. That's why sometimes I send my mom YouTube videos <laughs> of people saying I love you. <laughs> yeah. I don't tell her that. Let someone else do it. <laughs> Untrue. I love you, mom. Please don't listen to this. Um, no, but, uh, yeah. Okay. So I was hanging out there with Mark and Babbitt, um, And like, hmm, it was kind of a a dark corner of the larger like friend network that I had going on. And those guys were both dropouts at that point. They weren't in school in any capacity. Yeah. Um, And like a little bit older than me. Um, And let's see. Oh yeah. I I would have, um, after I got, Clean. I would have nightmares about the bathroom in in this apartment because it was that horrifyingly disgusting. Oh, there wasn't a shower curtain, and the floor wasn't completely even. So for a good portion of the time that I was hanging out there, there was actually just like a permanent puddle in the bathroom in one corner. I don't know. It was just really horrifying. A little lake so, with a
0: goldfish and some mushrooms around it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh uh it it sounds relaxing.
0: (laughs) I feel I feel like it would be a little more disturbing in person.
1: To see a a little that was like away with lounge chairs and Yeah, what's below the surface. Below my surface was a bunch of pain. (laughs) Good segue. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) thanks. Thank you. (laughs) I'll I'll try to come up with some more along the way. Um So I wasn't doing well. However, um, I was still uh, in the fall play at my school. I was the co-president of student council um, for the upper school um, and was in the process of applying to colleges um, and generally appearing to be doing just fine. Um, And then... And then my friends started getting worried about me, um, certain of my good friends who weren't doing a bunch of Coke, um, uh, in part because I was, I had gotten super duper skinny. Um, mm. yeah. And it was the kind of thing where, uh, like my, one of my friends would say that she would like hug me and she was afraid that she was going to break me <laughs> cause, cause I was just a little stick and, uh. When my friend's mother saw the play that I was in in November, um, she asked my friend afterwards, she said, who's feeding her? Is someone feeding that girl? Um, but, uh, I w- but I was living with my dad who um, slept at random times and uh, also at that point was uh, developing a little dementia once again, going to say it again, I don't feel proud about any of this, you know. Yeah. Um not great stuff. Uh but in retrospect it was it was nice to have lived with him for a couple of years while he was um in that place. But it was this big house that went all the way back and then like was built into a hillside essentially and like I had the whole top floor like it went back and back and back and got taller and taller and there were like two bedrooms on the top floor I don't know how he was renting this place um but but I kind of got to take over them yeah and um and there was uh there was air conditioning units put into the windows of those two rooms. But if you ever seen one of those things, there's like, um, kind of like accordion style plastic that pulls out from the main unit to attach to either side yeah, of the yeah, window, yeah, yeah. um, to like bridge the gap. Yeah. And I would like undo that and like squinch over the accordion plastic bit and there was just enough room that I could be up in my room like all evening doing lines, then like quote unquote doing homework and then going and I could stick my arm and like my head out of that little hole and, and smoke cigarettes, chain smoke cigarettes out the window but just your head and your arm. Yeah, just my head and my arm, and I had to be kneeling. Um. So, so yeah, it. I mean, it was. It was. I was like really fucking psycho. Um, people started getting worried about me when I've looked back on it and like asked them, sort of like, "Well, why?" Um. They're they're like, "Yeah, you you were like really." touchy (laughs) that's a pretty mild word i guess but like on edge all the time yeah like would be like so tragically sad and then like so angry and like way angrier than they had ever seen me people who had known me for years and years and years i'm like sure i have a lot of as i like to call it grage but um (laughs) i think i think it was definitely amplified um yeah so i wasn't doing well my head hurt all the time like my forehead like I would press on my head and it hurt uh my nose hurt obviously um and there was this one night that I that I didn't clue anyone into but that um I was in my room smoking cigarettes and doing coke and I'm my dad was asleep or not uh he was really deaf so it wouldn't have mattered um and I probably hadn't eaten enough, and, and just with all the coke and whatever, there was a lot of stimulation. And been smoke, chain smoking, cigarettes, and um, I it's pretty rough. <laughs> uh, so I started vomiting. Um, but because I was like upright, um, and like trying to aim out the window onto the roof, onto the like roof outside of the window, I started um, choking, oh yeah, yeah, um, and there was a good little second there where I was like, oh no am i gonna am I really gonna choke on my own vomit and die right now um, and so you'd think. <laughs> that that would be freaky enough that I might want to stop doing it. Um, but it's one of those things that I I still don't get it. Addiction. Like, I don't fucking get it. Um, I don't know why. Uh, like I said, it didn't feel that great. It was felt good for, like, 20 minutes, and then you just needed more. And um, I felt sick all the time and tired all the time. And then... On February 2nd, 2010, um, a couple of my friends finally decided that they were, like, that they were, like, worried enough that they were going to confront me about it. And it was Mark's birthday. um, And, and they... I think it was that my friends hadn't seen me in a really long time and I had been blowing them off and blowing them off and lying to them and hadn't been around. And then I was at that apartment celebrating the birthday and they all came around for that. And they like saw me in action and they were like, Oh no. Um, and, uh, so kind of confronted me on the, um, (laughs) unclothed mattress on the floor in one of the bedrooms. Um, And, uh, and I was, and I cried and I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm all fucked up. I need to get better. Da, 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 da. Um, and I was like, oh man, you know, wow. People are worried about me. And that, that kind of touched base, but I'm pretty sure I still went to school the next day. Um, oh, and that's the other stupid. I mean, if you want to add one more stupid on the pile, it's that, I was, um, doing blow at school. Um, yeah. Where do you accomplish that bathroom in the bathroom? But like, I, I mean, God, how could they not have known? Okay. Well, I mean like, Let's think about it like this. I would smoke pot on like every single break that I had at school and then come back after just boxing my car. And at the time I was like, oh, no one ever catches me. But it's like obviously those teachers knew that I was stoned. Like there's no way I didn't reek of marijuana. Yeah. But at the time I thought I was getting away with it. Similarly, like I wonder if they knew anything was up because one thing that uh, I could never once people knew that I was doing coke, I could never fucking lie about it when I was on it because I had the worst tweaker jaw ever, um, which if you don't know <laughs> is when you do uppers, your jaw gets all clenchy and you kind of yeah. grind it around just when you're talking normal. <laughs> Um that's kind of my default setting. <laughs> just <laughs> grinding my jaw just, together. <laughs> it's a
0: natural tweaker jaw. I've I've had to do stuff um for like the musical that uh my friend and I write. And the last time we performed it, I uh like we had to actually do singing stuff and I couldn't get like adequate volume out because I never stretched my jaw that wide. Cause it's just constantly clenched.
1: Oh my God.
0: And then like, if I'm tired and I'm trying to focus on something, I'll end up grinding my teeth like to the melody of a song.
1: Oh, sure. That's no good.
0: Yeah. And I realize that I'm like, it's a, it's a miracle. Your teeth have lasted
1: this long. Do you also grind your teeth while you're sleeping or just in your waking hours? I think it's just when I'm awake. Cause, yeah, cause uh, otherwise I would probably hurt a lot more.
0: Yeah, my mom and my sister both have like they have to have mouth guards because they do the at night mm-hmm. uh, grinding. If I do it, it hasn't done anything to them because no one has ever pointed out like, "Hey, you are whittling away your uh, chompers."
1: Well, I guess in that respect, I'm glad that you're more anxious in your consciousness than your subconsciousness. <laughs> uh. That's yeah, that might be that might be good. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, oh, so I had really bad tweaker jaws. So like ostensibly I would like be in my English class, which like, oh, I could not tell you anything that I read or did that first semester of senior year or second semester, um, that I would be in class and then go to the bathroom and be in there for way too long and then come back and be like, oh, now I'm ready to participate. Like, (laughs) but would also probably be bullshitting i don't know i just i can't i can't see how they didn't know what was going on um but yeah so that was really risky like doing that in the bathroom at my prep school was
0: it i mean how big a problem in general was it like at that school do you know not okay not a problem So, Um, so it wasn't like they get so tired of pointing it out they're just like meh we'll leave it
1: Yeah, no, uh, uh, there were, uh, so I, I was lucky enough to have my, um, high school, um, experience funded by a wealthy, uh, family member. Um, and I went to a really small school that our class by senior year only had 54 kids in it. And, um, if the, if the hipsters in my class were doing coke, I didn't know about it. Um, it was all the people, most of the people that I was hanging out with at this point and doing drugs with did not go to my high school. Yeah. I, um, I would go like downtown and hang out with the Plaza rats um, and hang out in Cathedral Park and buy mushrooms from homeless people. So yeah, it was It was great. Um, So, anyways, those guys confronted me on like February second, and I was like, "Yeah, you you probably have a good point." Um, And then I don't know. I didn't stop that, and I don't know. Ooh, (laughs) maybe like four or five days later, I got to school. I arrived a little late, and I got to school, and my friend was in the mute. Oh, I forgot this detail, which I always love, which is that I usually did the musical in the spring, but was either too much of a shit show, or for some reason had decided that I didn't want to do it, and maybe it was because so the musical was Fame, um, and if you're if, for for you those listening, you don't know. <laughs> for anyone
0: who's not familiar with the popular music, oh, all fame. fame,
1: it's the one that has has the song that goes one singular sensation. Every little step, so um, Wait, isn't that chorus line? <laughs> Maybe
0: yes. You're talking about like the you. You're talking about the performing arts oh, high school. one. God, right? I mean
1: they're all trash, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) Fame is about a performing arts high school in Manhattan. And all of the little chidlers do all sorts of prancy things. And then there's this one singer gal whose name I couldn't be bothered to remember. Who, uh, in the plot of the musical, becomes addicted to cocaine. And then, like, a couple years later, they're like, oh, did you see her walking the streets? She's a cocaine addict. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm not actually, I didn't see the musical because I, well, I won't tell you why I didn't see the musical that semester <laughs> because I arrived at school that morning and <laughs> fuck. Okay. You're going to have to bleep that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So my friend who was really worried about me, um, had good intentions but had thought that our performing arts director who used to be a licensed therapist (laughs) or counselor would have some sort of obligation to not disclose what she told him when she came to him after rehearsal the night before that and uh, his position is a little more casual at that yeah divulged to him um that that i that she was really fucking freaked out and worried and like obviously at the time i was pissed off looking back like thank god she did yeah um And, like, I'll always be grateful for that Um, because my director, like, knew me super well, too. He had directed me in a bunch of stuff. He had been my high school performing arts teacher the whole time. He really cared about me as well. And then, you know, I'm sure that they had been doing, uh, you know, table reads of this musical where the whole thing is that one of the girls is a coke addict. And so my friend was, like, super freaked out and brought it to him. So I arrived at school that day and she was kind of waiting for me there. And she was like, Hey, I need to talk to you. I, I told (laughs) bratches. (laughs) That's right. Like the candy (laughs) (laughs) or the pants that he wears, (laughs) bratches, (laughs) bratches, britches, put them on your legs. (laughs) Don't do coke.
0: I can't can't wait for that ad campaign for Bratches Bridges.
1: Bratches Bridges, the anti-coke pants. (laughs) Put them on your legs. Okay, so (laughs) my friend was like, I I talked to Bratches. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'll get over it. And I told him... I was super worried about you and I fucking lost it and I was so mad and we were like in the upstairs of the gymnasium building and I was like screaming at her and crying and having this huge breakdown which is just kind of my um, base emotional level at that point I think was just uh, yeah what did I say I was testy or something but uh, uh, so I was like fuck I was like this is it. Like the gig is up and uh, I kind of went about my day waiting. And then at lunch he uh, came and took us and then they called my parents and I was in the thing. And essentially they were like, well, you're one of our best students. You're the president of student council. You've been here for five years it's your last semester. If, if you go to rehab, we'll let you graduate, which was so nice of them. So even though I didn't feel like that was something I needed at the time, yeah. Um, I was like, well, this is, uh, here we go. and, I mean, obviously, like I've always wanted to please my parents and they were so disappointed and so surprised, which is just like they did not see any of the red flags. They had no fucking idea, like just no idea. I don't even think they knew that I was smoking pot like they really had no idea. And the lies that I would come up with were just so fucking insane. And I had been stealing from them, Um, but they didn't know. So um, on February 10th, I went to uh, Taos, which is a couple hours North of Santa Fe for, uh, starting off a 30 day inpatient program. And, uh, I was 18. I was the youngest one there. Um, it was 18 and up (laughs) rehab. Um, and it was crazy. And I ended up, being in the 30 day inpatient and then got to the end of that. And they were like, well, how are you feeling? And I was like, I don't trust myself. And I went to a couple, I was supposed to do an additional three months in the aftercare program for that. And was uh, that also an inpatient thing? Um, or was it more it of was, like a follow-up system? It was, it, it was impatient, but it wasn't locked down. So we could like, if, like if we signed out or whatever like we could go to the store yeah once we were in that other place but we started off just not and um it was the first time in so long that i hadn't been high that um it was really intense honestly mostly because of dreaming because when i'm smoking a lot of pot or when i was doing coke i if I was having dreams, I didn't remember them. And that's honestly still a thing, um, which, you know, whatever. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, so I would have super fucking crazy dreams. And, uh, when you go into rehab, these were the rules. Uh, uh, no, uh, no caffeine, no sugar, no music, no television, no literature that wasn't program literature. It was a twelve step twelve step rehab, uh, and yeah, that was mostly it. But oh, only cigarettes. Yeah, cigarettes were like the only thing that you could have. So when you've when you're used to just fucking blotting out all the time, and then all of a sudden you just have to fucking sit with all that. Um, it was it was a lot and uh and in addition to having a lot of dreams i was also like <laughs> horny for the first time in my life ever <laughs> because i think uh all of those drugs were probably stopping up those hormonal impulses oh yeah, i'm sure it had everything out of whack yeah so where Uh, sorry, my headphones keep sliding off my hair. Um, you're fine. (laughs) Where my where, you know, I had always been like, "Uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm not into sex. Uh, then all of a sudden I was kind of like, maybe. Um, okay, here's some funny things about rehab. Uh, they didn't want us to have sugar, so they would give us. Uh, they had like a juice machine that was just sugar-free juice, and they would give us sugar-free desserts. isn't sugar-free juice actually impossible (laughs) like
0: fruit has sugar in it on its own how do you get sugar-free juice
1: well it was kind it was more it was like high c or kool-aid type of stuff but with uh, sugar sugar alcohol instead of but as we as you may or may not know uh about uh from sugar free Harbo gummy reviews on Amazon. Yup. 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 Which I don't know if it was that extreme always with these, with these people. And I really don't like the taste of sugar free things personally. So I would generally steer clear of it, but sugar free things, uh, uh, speed up your metabolism in a way of making Yapoo. And it so everyone was just so farty. Everyone, <laughs> everyone. It was like That is one of those things you don't hear. About. We weren't allowed to get high, and we just had to smell everybody's farts completely sober, and we couldn't even turn up the music to cover up the sound of the farts. Um and <laughs> Yeah. There was there was a woman whose name I'll say was Karen, and I would call her Flaren because she would just flare up with farts all the time. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> um, as being an eighteen-year-old in rehab, um, the only like out and about things we would do was go into town to go to meetings, and there were like other humans that weren't in our rehab at the meetings. So me and um, My another girl who was 19 from Arkansas and had been shooting up meth for three years, um, we would get like super dolled up to go to the Narcotics Anonymous meetings. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also because we were allowed to have real and not decaf coffee at the meetings, we would drink a lot of coffee. And then there were cigarettes. I, it was like literally how much can you shit camp? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I forgot the coffee. will do that. To coffee you too. and cigarettes, like coffee and cigarettes and sugar-free candy. Oh, oh, because, oh, sorry. I yelled. Also that people can, people can, um, could send you things like care packages mm-hmm. but only sugar-free candy if they were going to sh- send you anything it had to be sugar-free so everyone was just popping sugar-free candy and just shitting and farting and um oh and they uh, this was kind of a holistic place a little bit like a little bit like we would have oh the great thing about rehab this place we would there was a massage you could get a massage once a week and they would also have us do yoga once a week and so in yoga everyone you know normal normal fartiness in yoga is already pretty high, but everyone was just really letting loose in there. A lot of gas. (laughs) All right. Pin in that. And, uh, let's see. Okay. And then, yeah, so I was super fucking bored. Um, oh my God, wait, I totally forgot about something, which was that I had a tryst, um, with one of the shadow mountain boys. Um, (laughs) what is a shadow mountain boy? (laughs) So I was in the rehab Vista Taos, but then there was this rehab called shadow mountain that was up in the Canyon. And it was more of like a wilderness, rehab. So for like bad, like bad teens send
0: you out into the woods till you learn a thing or two. Yeah.
1: And so it was mostly boys that, um, that would like bad boys that would go to shadow mountain ranch to, to, to like do hard labor. But then they would come into town to come to the NA meetings. And so because I was all Randy, all of a sudden I, (laughs) I like developed a crush on this guy and um, it was weird cause it, it turned into like a note passing thing where then eventually one time in the middle of a meeting, I, we had agreed to, one would go to the bathroom and then the other one would go and we like made out in front of the vending machines at this, you know, community center where they were holding the meeting. I was a bad girl in rehab. <laughs>
0: I like that after <laughs> after hearing the entirety of the story before you got to rehab, suddenly like making out in front of a vending machine.
1: I was making it like, out it's like your
0: bad girl.
1: Vending story. Machine. Um well I'd always been the prude one in my friend group. Um mm. so it was kind of striking out. And then okay, so we did that and then that, and I would also get so bored in rehab that um I would start coming up with like roasts of the people that were in the rehab, and is that
0: where the nickname Flaren came from? Was that from a roast?
1: No, that was just from riffing, <laughs> <laughs> improv, baby, <laughs> improv, baby, and and I hadn't even um, I hadn't even like done like improv, improv, but but yeah. So essentially, I like ended up. Coming up with what in retrospect was sort of a stand up set where I would kind of roast the different people that were in rehab with me, including the like um, counselor people. This one, I, oh my God, I was so mad. This one woman had really long fingernails. Um, It's like, you know, more of a cultural thing in northern New Mexico in certain places. Just to have like long fake fingernails Um, Mm -hmm. and so i remember telling jokes in front of everyone about like how does she wipe and
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's not a joke that's a legitimate question well
1: yeah but she took it really well like i did it i did the roast well enough where everyone felt good about it and not like shitty about it
0: i imagine like a stand-up routine about her fingernails is probably some of the tamest shit she's had to deal
1: with (laughs) oh yeah being like a guardian in a rehab facility it's probably like this is this joke is well
0: put together and I
1: appreciate (laughs) the effort that went into it yeah yeah because there were some mean people and I was and I think you know I was so young and I hadn't actually Experienced that much hardship or terrible stuff as, or really, really horrible consequences as a direct result of my drug use. And I can acknowledge that. And I was, you know, a, a teenage white girl, like there were people coming in who had, you know, were looking at losing their kids and their homes and their jobs and, um, had attempted suicide and all sorts of stuff. People who were in way whose bottoms were way, way, way lower than mine. Um, and that's something that I had as a question mark when I was in rehab of like, I don't feel like my bottom was that low. Like I don't, everyone in these programs, you know, when they're getting up and telling their stories in NA and stuff are saying, um, you know, this horrible thing and I found myself at the bottom of the ditch and that's when I knew that I needed to stop or whatever. Yeah, And I hadn't had anything like that. I mean, I could say it was me almost choking on my vomit, but that hadn't actually been very much of a wake-up wake call at all. I had that same
0: experience with uh, stopping drinking because mm-hmm. I I feel... At first I felt weird, like that same kind of feeling, especially talking to other recovering alcoholics. Like yeah. I never got to that same point sure. where it was like everything was going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And it does feel weird at first. Like do, do I get to take any credit for making this choice when it seems like it was easier than it was for other people? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm just grateful now that I, got there beforehand and to have to have supportive people is like it's not something to be ashamed of to know that you had well stuff
1: around well sure and and the thing is is like yeah was it it was bad but was it bad and you know it was bad but it wasn't that bad but it was bad enough yeah and that's all that matters it was bad enough and um So anyways, I mean, these people were having really a lot worse of times. And sometimes I would go to meetings and, you know, people weren't as like, oh, let's all hug each other. And like, aren't we all so happy to be at this N.A. meeting? And I think and I would goof around sometimes like in the meetings and stuff because I was fucking young and and hopped up on coffee and uh I would goof around, and I and I regret that now. I, I wish that I had been more respectful, because there were people who were really trying to work their recovery in there, and um, who weren't in rehab, who were just you know living in Taos and really struggling, and who needed it to be a serious sanctuary, and probably didn't appreciate a shithead eighteen-year-old making jokes when reading the opening portions or whatever. I'm saying it like it's the Torah, but it's not. <laughs> I, I think they're just called readings. I'm pretty. Sure. What are, do you know? what, the, what I do don't know. I've never gone to oh, a meeting of sure. any variety. Awesome. So. Fuck yeah. So I don't know what they're called. Um, it works for some people. Oh, some here's a here's a recovery one. It works if you work it. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's also a Weight Watcher slogan.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it works if you work. So it. So really, it's just a good life motto. <laughs> <laughs> paint it on your wall in a really nice script
1: and then lick it every night before you go to bed
0: because you painted it in barbecue
1: sauce yum
0: because you treat yourself
1: all of my messages are written in barbecue sauce (laughs) all of my messages are written in sauce in In my home there's sauce outside its thousand island it's good to have
0: rules (laughs) and boundaries (laughs) Outside of Thousand
1: Island. Yeah. Doesn't come in the house. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That's caramel sauce. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, birds and bushes. I was there. I went to the, like, non-lockdown rehab, and there was a guy in rehab and I'm making up the name on the fly and his name was Kevin and Kevin was a heroin addict and he was 20 so he was a couple years older than me and it was before I knew what negging was, Mm. which in case you don't know what negging is, it's when a guy or anyone really will kind of shit on you to make it to make you want to impress them and want their validation. Yeah.
0: It's a lot of sort of backhanded compliments. It's like they're yeah. giving you a compliment that highlights something that they want you to feel bad about. Sure. But then buoyed by the fact that they just complimented you.
1: Yeah. So for so for this guy, it was my age. So he would say like, I would say something and be like, oh, okay, cute. Which is like new Mexicans speak for like how cute <laughs> and so they say like oh okay cute or like call me a fucking baby or like a kid and stuff like that but i was so horny and was just like i want you hot boy and um he you know was dark and mysterious and had a couple tattoos and uh So eventually, oh, but like we had therapy all, oh man, we had therapy all the time um, and both group therapy and one-on-one therapy. And there was this amazing woman, and I'm going to say her name, this amazing woman named Tantaleo. And she was, um, uh, you know, New Mexican through and through, I think, I think part Hispanic, part um native and just really wonderful and uh she did a lot of work with stones and meditation and she would um burn uh why am i having trouble like scrub bundles sage yeah <laughs> she would burn sage um and and everything and she was wonderful and I trusted her so much and so part of the whole thing was like you know being honest with yourself so all the stuff is like it's not going to work if you're not honest with yourself so at one point I was like I have a crush on Kevin And she was like, oh no, she was like, she was like, (laughs) she was like, this is such a small blip. Like, this is so not worth it. Like, do not fuck up what you are doing right now because you have a crush on this shithead addict boy. Um, I mean of course she didn't say that because like she was also his counselor and so that wouldn't like that was not a, that wouldn't have been appropriate but she was essentially like there will be plenty of stupid men for you to waste your time on when you're not actually trying to like heal and like come around to a better understanding of yourself i think that's another one we need to write down what? there will be plenty of stupid, stupid men for you to waste, for you your, to waste time your time on. on um don't do things for boys But if you have the impulse to, don't, because there will be plenty in the future that you can if you want to. There will always be more mistakes. There will always be more stupid boys. Oh, yeah, what? Yeah. Mistakes to make. That's what I meant. I like stupid boys too. Yeah. And uh, so, um, of course, being very receptive and reasonable and fully developed in my mind, 18 year old Nat, I was like, ah, fuck you. What do you know? Um, and began sneaking around and, uh, making out with Kevin like in the laundry room in the middle of the night. Well, because there was always someone on premise, like on the premises. So you had to really be sneaky about it, but we'd sneak around and, um, concurrently, the The roommate from Arkansas who by this time we were actually sharing a room had a crush on another guy who was young. So she was 19. This guy was like 22 or 23. And so she started fucking him. I had never had sex before. So anyways, uh, 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 Kevin and I would <laughs> be making out and, and doing stuff. And after a couple of months, uh so I'd been there probably like three and a half months and I was supposed to still be there another month. But it, it started being like a thing of like, mm, like there are problems in this program. Like I'm over this guy, I'm over this director in the program, I'm hmm. over this, blah 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 blah. Fuck that. Um that we were like I was like, I wanna leave. Like I'm gonna leave rehab with Kevin. <laughs> um like we're gonna leave together and be boyfriend and girlfriend so fucking stupid. Like, I just can't like, I still like going back. And every time that I just like put it out there of like, Oh yeah. And then, you know, my first boyfriend who was the heroin addict who I met in rehab and left rehab with. Um, and it never gets less stupid sounding. Um, (laughs) no matter how many times I say it. Um, so I did. So I left rehab and, that That kind of hadn't been the plan, so I wasn't so so i I wasn't going to make it down back down to Santa Fe for prom or graduation or any of that stuff um but then all of a sudden I had left early, and there was this weird stuff where I like went to prom <laughs> and you know. And they were like, How did you get here? And they were like, Oh hi. And uh like went to the awards ceremony and like didn't get any awards, but then after like afterwards the um Bratches <laughs> Remember the performing arts director. Yes.
0: Oh I remember Bratches, Bratches. He, he
1: like took me aside and, and was like, Hey, like I, I thought it would be awkward to you know, call you up, but here you actually won the performing arts award for the seniors. Here you go. But he had like had a decoy guy that he brought up um, and gave the award to. But then he was like, you actually also got the award. Um, anyway, so did that. And then they let me walk in graduation, which was so nice of them Yeah, to let me walk in graduation. And it was really triumphant. And, um, You know, I hadn't done drugs. And then, uh, about a week after graduation, I smoked pot again. And then about a week after that, I did coke again. So I relapsed super fast and I was freaking out about it. And Kevin, the, the boyf, was, um, then living up in Taos where we had been in, in the program. And, um, renting a small place. And so I was, and it was supposed to be, um, a big NA convention type thing in June, fun in the sun. And we were all going to do, and I had really, you know, I had created a community up there. Yeah. Um, I'm good at making friends. I'm good at, 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 at creating connections. And, and I had people who I really loved up there in the program in the NA. And I, and sometimes I still think about them and miss them and wish I had been in contact. And, uh, and I was like, fuck, you know, I'm out of control. I've, I've relapsed. I'm going to go up and spend the weekend with my sober boyfriend and go to this Narcotics Anonymous conference and, and get right with myself and my higher power and all of you fine people of Taos. And then I went up there and the, and the first day I was up there in the afternoon, my boyfriend was like, I'm going to go fishing. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, you stay here and watch True Blood in the dark (laughs) all afternoon. I'm going to go fishing. And I was like, okay, all right, I guess. He wasn't going fishing, was he? No. Okay. (laughs) That's what I thought. But, but yeah. Oh, and so at this point, I had become sexually active with this guy. And we were kind of trying to do stuff later that evening. And he was like... He was just like basically falling asleep. And then the next day, we had been hanging out all day and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, hey, I have something. I have something to tell you that I'm really freaked out. I relapsed on Coke. And he was like, well, I have something to tell you. I relapsed on Oxies and I have two 90s in my pocket right now. I was like, oh. So rather than be like, run for the hills, Grace, like, that's no good. You were trying to get right with yourself and your higher power and, and these fine people. Uh, instead, I smoked Oxycontin off of some tinfoil with Kevin. You can do that? That's, yeah, because they made Oxys so that you can't crush, don't do drugs everyone (laughs) don't do opiates they are literally the devil it's the worst thing in the world i mean if you absolutely have to for pain i guess but like be so careful and like please don't do opiates it just it never ends well ever 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 um that they made uh oxys so they changed it at a certain point in the 2000s so that you couldn't crush them up and snort them Uh, They made it like impossible to crush them up and snort them. So what people figured out you could do is is put them on foil and then hold a, a, a lighter like under the foil and then like have a straw and like follow the line of like residue as the pill like goes down the thing and then like smoke it. Oh. But I had never I had never really abused opiates besides um, you know, the hydrocodone I had gotten for having bad cramps or whatever. Um and so I smoked that and it was not good. And I got sick and I was totally fucked up. I could barely walk. I was puking and I was like and and then the next morning was supposed to be the fun in the sun thing and I was supposed to have 4 months clean and I went to this and, and I and I woke up and I said, you know, Kevin, like let's go to this thing and he couldn't even get out of bed cuz he was so out of it and so hungover. And so I went to the thing and then I was like I was like well, I'm never going to see this guy again pretty much. I mean, I was like that's that's that. Like clearly yeah. this is not a love match. Um, so kind of ditched that then had a pretty wild, um, but I didn't stop doing it. And, um, what I'll tell you about that summer is that I was supposed to finish up a couple of classes at the community college so that I could go to H- Hampshire college that fall. Um, cause I had gotten in and I was all slated to go to this art school in Massachusetts that fall after I had finished up my classes at the community college. But pretty soon I found myself doing lines in the parking lot at the community college before I went into classes. Then I stopped doing classes. Then I don't really know what happened. I I honestly cannot remember. I can't remember that summer. Like I I couldn't tell you anything. Um, But that I was back hanging out at that creepy apartment that I was hanging out. Yeah. At. and in that same little complex it was like a whole bunch of little apartments and in that same complex there was apartment where these two guys lived who were <laughs> very nice and chill seeming at the time but in retrospect were like 30 and 32 year old dudes hanging out with teenagers mm. you know and yeah. at the time it was like ooh like this guy is a DJ. And, the, and it's always the fucking DJ. It's always the fucking DJ. It is it is it's always the fucking DJ. Yeah. Oh my god. And so it was this guy and I'm just going to call him um No, I don't care. I'm going to call him Sato. That was it was his last name, but that was his name. DJ Sato and I remember uh, and this is what um, the, sort of the soundtrack to that nightmarish summer ended up being, um, I can't remember the, the name of the album, but it was t- the Timbaland album that came out that year. <laughs> and there were two songs. It was Timbaland featuring JoJo. And he, for some reason, Sato felt like this was like peak music. Like the, See, that's why he's an amateur DJ. <laughs> that No, I think people would pay him.
0: Yeah, I, think that, I,
1: think that, <laughs> I mean, not like I'm trying to defend him <laughs> right now.
0: Technically, he's a professional.
1: But so, yeah, so I would go over there. We would do a bunch of blow. We would um, put cocaine on joints and smoke cocaine, um, which kind of smells like smoked pills, which I have realized now one of the most disgusting things to me is when I smell... When you smoke drugs like that, it kind of smells like meat in a really weird, unsettling way, Mm. like, or like an open wound or something. It smells so bad and weird, kind of like jerky. It smells like something it shouldn't smell like. It doesn't smell like chemicals. It smells kind of like, like meat, like like raw meat. No. Like maybe, like maybe you've like got food a couple of days ago and it was chicken and then you like, but like, it's like a few days old now and then you microwave it and like it's still chicken and I'm sure it's fine, but it like doesn't smell fresh. Yeah. Like stale meat. Yeah. Kind of like stale meat, it- Sta- stale meat and a cashmere sweater that's been in storage for a really long. Like stale meat and mothballs. Oh, oh, that's a terrible combination. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I was about to say write in and tell us. What <laughs> What do you think smoked drugs smell like? I'm going gonna, I'm
0: gonna to get an email for this podcast just so I can, I can get that. Pull
1: people on. <laughs> what does this horrifying thing smell like to you? Um, anyway, so, so I would hang around with these guys a lot. And when none of my other friends wanted to do coke with me anymore or they were busy or didn't have time for me or whatever, I could usually bank on these guys being down to have me over to do coke so that when I had it, I wasn't um, just like doing it in my car on the side of the road in random residential neighborhoods, which is also a very smart thing that I would do pretty frequently. Um, uh, Oh, oh, I forget about things like my fucking oh and I would buy ooh I would buy coke from this guy it's just so not funny um, doesn't have to be I know, funny I know that this guy who um, like his girlfriend and like kid would be there a lot like little kid would be there a lot when mm. I was like going over there to buy stuff and I'm sure that it wasn't good like I'm sure that the coke like the quote unquote cocaine that I was doing was like a lot more methy and like who knows borax in there than like, yeah, I would have liked to have thought. Um, and da, 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 da. yeah, so one thing that I do know that happened in that summer was that, um, that DJ had, I think by that point, like moved to a place where he was just living there alone, and I. I knew it was, it's one of those things where you never want to, you never want to think it, but I think somewhere inside me, I knew that he was hanging out with me because he was into me. Um, and there was just this one night that I went over there and, you know, he would have me over and like give me bumps all night and, and everything. And it was one of those things of like, you know, when a guy buys you a really nice dinner and then you feel like obligated to (laughs) Mm, put out and I didn't have sex with him and I'm I'm glad I didn't um but I I did on this certain occasion make out with him and then um ended up sleeping over at his apartment um and it was the worst It was the worst feeling. It was the worst thing in the whole world. And I think that was one, that was one point where I was like, no, like, this is really not cool. (laughs) Like, this doesn't look good. Um, and I'm so fucking lucky that that guy didn't. Assault me, you know, like I consistently put myself in the situation of being alone where no one knew where I was because of course I was lying to everyone. Yeah. No one knew where I was. I was with this 30 something year old dude, you know, anything could have happened. And I'm really fucking grateful. Um, because sometimes I, sometimes I forget about it too. I think, I think for a while I compl- I like I block that out. Um, I'm really grateful that nothing worse happened. Um, And so then at the end of the summer, um, so at the end of the summer, it was like most of the people that I had been in school with were going to college. Yeah. And they, all that they had experienced of me all summer, all my friends was me being a total nightmare Lord, like just totally, being a huge asshole, lying to their faces. Because, of course, I would still lie when I was coked out. And meanwhile, my jaw was like, I don't know why I'm not a high. Um, like, my jaw was just going out of control and stuff. And so they they all knew what was going on. And uh, my best friend that I've had since I was three years old, my best, best friend, we went to elementary school together. We went to high school together. I've always been able to trust her with every single thing in the whole wide world. Could never imagine not being friends with her. She had me meet her um, at a park with with our other really good friend, almost like as a witness, and had me meet her at a park. And was like, "Hey, like I can't, like I'm going to college, and it's too painful to always be worrying about you. So like we can't be friends." Like, we can't, like, we can't be friends right now or, you know, until you can figure out your shit. Like, I'll, I'm not going to talk to you. Like, don't hit me up. Um, and fuck, (laughs) I mean, that, that was worse than anything I ever could, you know, that was the worst thing. I value my friendships a lot. I'm a really loyal person and to think that i had hurt her so badly that she wanted nothing to do with me was the absolute worst thing and i was i was screaming i remember like or i i i don't necessarily all i know they said that they could hear me just in my car screaming cuz it was like the worst grief it was like someone dying almost to me to to feel that feeling of like this friendship that i've had for 15 years and all of a sudden she doesn't want to hit me up. So, so she left, so she went to school and I was like, fuck. And then my friend, um, yeah, there, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Don't believe it. Uh, that, uh, uh, she was moving to Portland. Um, but she had always been kind of like mama. Like she was like my big sister. She was four years older than me and had, had kind of taken care of me and, and she was the one that had confronted me originally on on the gross mattress before I went to rehab yeah. and we met at a park and I was like I'm so sad that you're leaving like I'm going to miss you so much when you go away. Oh at this point it had been determined that I was not going to be making it to Hampshire College that fall Um, and and she was like hey look you know I I'm not gonna miss you because I haven't seen you and I don't know who you are like I don't feel like you've been your honest self with me at all any of the times that we've hung out in as long as I can remember and I can't trust you so how could I even believe that you're gonna miss me like um, essentially kind of was like I'm not that sad to be saying goodbye to you right now And between those two encounters, I was like, wow, you've really fucked up and your friends are now abandoning you. And that was the thing that I needed. Um, And I think it was like a couple days after that. um, August 19th, 2010 um, was the first day that I didn't do coke. And I haven't done cocaine since that time. Um, I have done other drugs since that time. Um, but really held off on narcotics for a good year or so after that. Um, and since then have only ever done anything sparingly and really will never be okay with putting anything up my nose or being around people, putting things up their nose. Um, I don't think ever again. And I think that's probably a good thing. I (laughs) think that's a a fine thing. (laughs) Um, so it's funny. One of my really good friends now, um, her birthday is on August 19th. So whenever it comes around, it's her birthday. So I'm, I'm never really wanting to be like, I like this is this is a huge thing that i need to celebrate right now because it's like happy birthday i haven't done coke in seven years you know what i mean like it, it, i can keep it to myself a little bit or like bring it up a couple days later or something like that
0: but i think it no i think it's worth it do it at the time happy
1: birthday aren't you glad i don't do coke um <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna this be a is beautiful my card <laughs> this is my present to you every year um but, yeah, so I haven't done Coke in a really long time. And I'm, really, I'm really glad that I didn't. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Clap yeah. into the microphones. Yeah. I
0: said we'd clap into the microphones.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Um, and that really just was a matter of, I mean, it was extremely difficult, obviously. Um, and I had a lot of help from uh, NA narcotics anonymous, um, at the time. And that was something that really worked for me at the time. Um, and, uh, had a really good therapist, uh, not psychiatrist, a licensed mental health counselor, um, which, uh, is what works best for me talk therapy. Um, and yeah, I was, I was, uh, and, and you know, obviously when you're trying to get rid of one thing, there's going to be some other stuff that you lean on for a while. Um, I mean, not obviously. Some people just cut everything out, and that's really admirable. For me personally, um, there's always going to be one vice or another. Um, yeah. But uh, nothing that is immediately making me act shitty towards the people that I love. And I think that that's the main point is just that I was – tired of hurting people yeah yeah
0: did you do was it another inpatient thing or did you just you were just like no that going was me cold turkey meetings
1: yeah that was me nice that's yeah. Im- that's really impressive yeah thank you i i was impressed with myself <laughs> you should be okay I'm, yeah so no rehab no rehab uh Cause, cause also it was like, oh man. And like, I'll be apologizing for it for the rest of my life. But like at no point along the way was my family in a position to be supporting my drug habit or paying for my treatment to get out of it. And just what, I don't, I don't think it was a waste of money. Me going to rehab was one of the most exploring, uh, exploring experiences I've let's get serious. Rehab. <laughs> <laughs> was rehab was one of the most important experiences I've ever had. Please welcome Alan Rickman to the show. Rehab. No, I can't. Now I'm in my head. Okay, Rehab was one of the most expo- <laughs> Do you mean important experiences? It was super important and I... Um, got the opportunity as an 18 year old to spend three months completely dedicating all of my time to reflecting on my status as a human, my shortcomings, my strengths and how to work and like develop tools to be a better, well-adjusted human being. And I'm not saying that it worked and I'm not saying that I'm a good adult, but I am saying that like, there was a measure of maturity and realness that I learned. And especially in encountering, you know, all of the, all of the wonderful people who the addicts who were just trying so hard, who I, who I met in the program, like being peers with people twice my age, three times my age, um, who have had a lot crazier experiences than I have had, it really fucking puts things in perspective. And so I I'd like to think that I'm a little more well adjusted today because I was afforded that experience and, and, and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't have, Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I mean, it wasn't like good, but it was good.
0: Yeah. Like the, the subtle difference in tone. It wasn't good, but it was good. Yeah.
1: Hit everything, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um Oh you might ask. Oh
0: yeah, no, I remember now. <laughs> um the the ten thousand dollar question. Um, do you
1: miss it? Do I miss cocaine? Um No. But there's this weird, really weird phenomenon that I experienced when I was doing a lot of Coke was that water had a really specific smell when I was doing cocaine.
0: Mm.
1: And I I know that sounds weird because, like, usually you wouldn't think of water having smell. But for some reason, the way that the inside of my nose smelled when I was doing a lot of Coke, it, like... Then when I would smell water, I I don't know, there was a very specific association where I don't ever really, like, miss Coke itself, Um, but... I do every once in a while get a smell in my nose that reminds me so strongly of the smell in my nose that I had when I was doing a lot of blow mm-hmm. that it's, that it's just a nostalgia thing. It's not like a positive or negative thing. It's like, just like a nostalgia connection in my head where I'm like, Oh yeah, those times. And I'm like, wait a second. Nuh-uh. Um And it had to be that way for a really long time though, before that, where I, I mean, for the first year, it was a lot harder or first mo- months at least. And it, and it was like, Oh, well, maybe if I just do know, and then it, would, and then you just, all you have to do in those situations, I think is think it through. Like you can think of that first moment when you're like doing it and like, that's what you want. Sure. But then think it through what's yeah. the next step and the next step and the next step. Where is that going to take you? How are you going to feel the next morning? when you wake up and realize that you had all this time and you fucked it up. Um, and generally my answer to myself is not great. Um, and obviously bringing it back around progress, not perfection. Like we're all just trying our hardest and like, we're we're never going to be perfect. And like measuring yourself against other people is so fucking stupid. Like your journey is your own and it's going to be great. Um, but but just think it through and and generally the answer that you'll land on is that it's not worth it yeah um and uh oh and then the only other thing that i miss is the ritual of like chopping it up Mm -hmm. and like making the lines which is like it gives me like even like sort of shivers to be like talking about missing it but um but uh, that's that was always a huge part of it for me was like sort of the ritual of like have like laying everything out and and having everything in a certain order um but there's so many other ways (laughs) there's so many other crazy little rituals to have (laughs) so many other like destructive insane little rituals that aren't leading you to spend way too much money and put dirty dollar bills up your nose. Yeah. (laughs) And these days I'm so happy to just laugh about it
0: and look back on it and laugh about it. I'm glad that you can and that you're here to tell us about
1: it. Do you have any, any questions at all?
0: No, I talked a lot. (laughs) You, you haven't. It's good. It's good. Every bit of it was worth hearing.
1: Oh man.
0: Um, so there's what you don't do. Yeah.
1: You really fucking don't do that. <laughs> just don't do it. <laughs> just
0: don't. If you're gonna, just don't, don't gonna stop gunning.
1: Skip it. Skip it. Skip to the next track. I've told you what it's like. I've given you the review. Yeah. You don't need to try it. If you can look up a restaurant
0: on fucking Yelp, <laughs> then you don't have to do coke.
1: <laughs> one star. <laughs> If I could give this if I could give this experience half a star I would. <laughs> and the service was terrible. The service was terrible. <laughs> well, who served you? I don't know. I was blacked out the entire time. <laughs> it was terrible. I served myself. <laughs> well thanks for having me on sam thank you for being on here super fun i hope i hope that it's not completely boring
0: uh not even a little bit okay it's not rad um thank you for joining us thanks everyone for listening um that's it for now uh we'll be back next week and and talk some more about stuff okay
1: bye. bye bye
0: Checking levels, cool, 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 they cool, look cool. good. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, would this be distracting if this was running? Or do you prefer I would. I would probably look over okay. at it because I would be curious. I'll just do this, the thing I was doing before then. Yeah, I like just having a sort of general idea okay. of how long we're going. So I just like... I basically just open a Google Doc, and when it hits thirty minutes, I just write thirty minutes, and it and it'll be on the screen. Great! So you'll know. And then, like every ten, right? I just doing. yeah, and then every you're, ten, I just add. Yeah, you can see you can crowd. see what the last one was. <clears throat> we got eighty.
1: Minutes.
0: Yeah, and he he sings it. He sings every ten minutes. in yeah. the microphone. Really? Eighty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> eighty minutes. <laughs> just do it like meatloaf. Oh, hey, Rob. Eighty yeah. minutes. 8 minutes.
1: <laughs> you have Ooh. been going for 80 minutes. Okay, this is going to be so I really I've noticed that I really do when I'm either like working at a restaurant or or talking on the radio, I have radio voice. <laughs> it's like the, I do that the like, too. <laughs> Thank you for calling. This is Grace. How can I help you?
0: <laughs> See, when I actually have to interact with people, it goes Hi. And I'm like, hi, how can I help you? <laughs> but for this, I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like that midnight sultry favorite." I see we have a microphone host. here now. <laughs> I had no idea. For all of you up driving down the highway. Keep it locked. Keep it locked and loaded. Let's listen to a little Dean Martin. Are we, is Leveling. I don't know any Dean Martin songs. We're just we're just sticking around. This is, the, this is the beginning. Oh, this of is everyone. the podcast. Yeah. Good. Good. I mean, yeah. we'll probably cut some of it afterwards. No, yeah, well, that's great. I'm cut no good all. at starting stuff. I'm no Chris Allen. <laughs>